0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Tuesday, August the 30th. We're almost at the end of August. Um, It is 10 a.m. in San Francisco, and it's 9 p.m in Dubai, a little later in India. We've done a few shows on India recently on the show. Not enough, in my opinion. We did one on the past with the great Anglo-Indian historian uh, William Dalrymple about the English or the British looting of India. His book, The Anarchy, the East Indian Company, Corporate Corporate Violence and the Pillage of an Empire is an extremely important book, iconic book in many ways. We've also done something about the Indian future. We had the Indian science fiction writer uh, Samit Basu on the film, suggesting that it's India rather than uh, China or the United States that represents our most chilling vision of a high-tech dystopian future. He lays that out in his new book, The City Inside. We've done a a little bit on... um, The economics of of contemporary India. We had my friend James Crabtree, the former economist correspondent in India, on the show a couple of years ago. Uh, He's the author of The Billionaire Raj, a journey through India's new gilded age. But we haven't really had a conversation uh, about Indian society, about Indian culture, about Indian sexuality. Uh, That's all going to change today. We're talking with. uh, Mansi Choksi she's a Dubai-based journalist uh, and she has a brand new book out today the newlyweds rearranging marriage in modern india Mansi welcome thank you so much for coming onto the show
1: thank you for having me
0: so this book uh Mansi um it's presented at least on your website uh As a literary investigation of India as a society in transition, are you looking at India in terms of sex, relationships, love, marriage, or all of those?
1: Um, all of those, actually, um, The Newlyweds is meant to take a hard look at all the forces shaping modern India at the moment. So it discusses, um, it discusses the caste system, uh, caste and class prejudice, um, uh, you know, Islamophobia, the lurch of um, India to the Hindu right, um, and um, kind of tells these stories through the vehicle of the, of the love story. Um, I follow three couples, um, each of their stories is uh, meant to highlight um, a larger force that's shaping modern India. Um, would you like me to go through the three couples? that? Uh, well, um, I... yeah,
0: and uh, I'm going to preempt you. One is uh, okay. <laughs> a lesbian couple, then there's the Hindu woman and the Muslim man who uh, are in love, and then the intercaste couple. Is this a story in some ways, Mansi, of love conquering caste or tradition?
1: Um, It's actually a little bit different. It's about whether, um, uh, you know, this grand idea of love conquering these forces that make us who we really are, it investigates that very idea. After we attain that grand love, it can start to feel very small. Um, So this is really a story about the afterlife of the kind of love stories that we consume in pop culture. And it's really a look at um, how grand love looks in the smallness of daily life. When um, love that we read about in the move, uh, you know, read about in the books and movies, um, is reassigned into the mundanities of everyday rituals, um, and our everyday lives, especially in India, are shaped by so many forces. Um, they're shaped by all the identities that we belong to: um, our community, our caste, our religion, our sexuality, um, and you know, it's shaped by biases. Um, so this this kind of lingers in 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 the afterlife of um, of, of the love story.
0: Mansi, I have to be a little careful here to fall into what Edward Said famously called Orientalism, <laughs> a vice of Western writers and thinkers, of course. Uh, and I'm not sure whether you think of yourself. You're a, a Columbia. Uh, journalism school writer, so I'm not sure whether you think of yourself as East or West or a mix of the two. But I wonder, uh, and please uh, tell me if this is a really dumb question, most of my questions are reasonably dumb, but is there a particular place for love in India, which you might not find in other societies? From my experience, from my understanding of Bollywood, it seems as if the idea, the... uh, the ideal, perhaps almost a Platonic ideal of love, is more central in Indian culture than it is in other cultures. Is that simply wrong, or is there some truth to that?
1: I think there is some truth to that. Um, um, Bollywood, which in some ways is our national narrative, um, has um, is obsessed with love stories. It's always been obsessed with love stories. Um, it is the. It's. The, um, I write in my in my book about um, you know my my mother and father. Um, who come from different uh, communities, um, um, kind of like escaping from all the realities of uh, you know their forbidden love by um, you know going to the movies and watching um, uh, uh, the, the, the the film from the 1960s called the Mughal Asam, which is uh, which is a film about a a Mughal prince and a dancing girl, um, and it's almost as if we watch these films because we you know want to lull ourselves um, into 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 that comfort um, of knowing that uh, you know for these three hours we can escape um, you know the, the the sort of harsh reality that awaits us outside um, so yeah in, in a sense I think um, that's absolutely right but um, th- that's that, that's what we consume in pop culture but in reality marriage has a much bigger place than love in Indian society um, um, you know marriage is a central sort of um, um, requirement. Um, um, I say in the book that, um, you know, one of the intended outcomes of growing up um, in Indian society is marriage. Um, Because marriage is seen as um, as a sort of arrangement between not only two people, but two families, communities, caste, class, clans, um, and so on and so forth. Um, so it's a very sort of um, it carries a lot of weight. Um, and and you know now we're at this interesting time where um, you know we have the world's largest um, young population. Um, most of um, two in three Indians is under the age of thirty five. Um, and 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 still um, you know uh, uh, choosing your own partner is um, is a really fraught decision. Um, it's a fraught decision that can land you in a lot of trouble. It can um, you know kind of um, um, just completely uh, bring ruin to your um, to your life and to your family. Um, so it's a very it's a very a lot is at stake um, to make this choice. Um, so I wanted to when when I was writing this book, I wanted to talk about um, love as an act of rebellion. That um, that that which is how a lot of young people uh, see it in India at the moment. Um, yeah. Um, and also, and I should say that I grew up in Mumbai, so I, could, I see myself as a completely 100% Indian. <laughs> uh, I grew up, I went to school there, um, and I've just been living away for a couple of years.
0: Mansi, you wrote an interesting piece in the New York Times almost 10 years ago in December 2013 about transgendered communities in uh, New Delhi. Um, do you see it in terms of as you say, youth rebellion in India is sexuality and romance and marriage. Is this the way in which one? Rebels in many ways, given the complexity also of politics in India. Uh, uh, I want to talk later about Modi and sure. obviously Hindu Muslim relations, but is this is a sex Sexual identity, sexual love, sexual feeling, romanticism—has that become the tableau on which young people are rebelling in India?
1: Yeah, I think it. Um, in some ways, it's always been the one, um, you know, a- fundamental act of rebellion in Indian society. Um, you know, we have this big sense of filial duty. Most of us are very um, um, sort of duteous and, um, you know, um, sort of afraid of, um, um, you know, uh, upsetting our parents. Um, and this well, is, and I'm this sorry is...
0: to jump in here, Mansi, but why? What is it about Indian parents? Do they are they are they particularly fearsome? Do they are they good at giving young people a sense of moral guilt?
1: Um, I think it's um, I think it uh, is tied into the family structure uh, because um, so many of us are raised, um, you know, within the family and that that family just is a sort of joint family that is codependent. Um, um, You know, there is no culture of um, young people um, reaching a particular age and moving out. Um, uh, young people are kind of seen as uh, it's, it is their duty in Indian culture to look after parents in their old age um, so there is this big sense of duty um, towards our parents where we're sort of raised um, to, um, to, to kind of raised in gratitude in a sense um, uh, we're expected um, to fulfill our responsibilities of caring for them um, in their old age I think that's where it comes from, it's just the close knit nature of the Indian family structure
0: Lots of uh, jokes I've heard from Indian friends about Indian mothers. Is the mother the center or is the father? Or can you make generalizations about the Indian mother versus the Indian father?
1: Um, No, I don't think you can make generalizations. But I think um, in popular culture, um, those generalizations are made all the time. Um, So, yeah, uh, you know, the Indian mother, I guess, is portrayed as like, you know, the caricature, uh, the melodramatic, um, you know, teary eyed. needy character. And of course, that's not the case. Um, in, um, in fact, in, um, in, in the book, um, uh, uh you know, um, Reshma's mother is quite a central character. She's, um, she's, um, one partner of the, uh, same sex couple. Um, and she's, she's just really, um, um, I, I was fascinated by her. She is a woman that is um a, a, a working class a working class woman. Um she scrubs dishes for a living. um and um she's she's married to an abusive husband. Um, so as I was saying, I was talking about um the role of the Indian mother. and of course, in pop culture, we sort of see this um, cliche of the Indian mother constantly, you know, the sort of self-sacrificing um, uh, duteous uh, wife um, slash mother who completely devotes herself to the service of her children and husband, um, um, and of course that's not entirely true because you know um, you know movies um, and, and what we consume in pop culture doesn't necessarily portray the full picture. Um, and in the newlyweds as well, um, you know it, it's uh, it's got a bunch of different kinds of mothers. Um, we have Reshma's mother, who's uh, you know a, a woman who kind of makes her her, her living uh, scrubbing dishes and kind of just takes charge of. Of the family as her um husband um sort of um you know kind of just washes away his earnings in um you know his um alcoholism um then there is uh davinder's mother who um you know is um um is just so um uh Um, affectionate and um, you know even even after Neetu's family attacks her um, you know she doesn't hold anything against her and kind of just takes her in um, um, you know as part of her family. Uh, uh, Then there is um, uh, Arif's uh, uh, bua his his aunt that kind of protects both Arif and Monica even though she is um, you know in physical danger for supporting their relationship. Um, Yeah so I I guess I was just making the point that um, there is no one kind of Indian mother and uh, even the newlyweds is, um, uh, you know, has a bunch of different moms who, who um, I think highlight a different uh, shade um, of the Indian mother.
0: You talked about the woman who takes responsibility where in one of the families, the man was an alcoholic, the father and spent all the family money on alcohol. You've written quite a lot about uh, the imbalance to put it, politely between men and women in, in India. You had one piece on gang rape in India, routine and invisible. Is this an important feature of the book, this profound difference in power uh, between yeah. men and women in the newlyweds?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why I chose um, a lesbian couple. Um, you know, the the discourse around um, LGBT um, um, sort of um um, lives in India is, if um, um, no thought of it, um, it is kind of um, restricted or is, uh, focuses on um, on couples from big cities that um, usually have power and privilege and money. Um, so I wanted to, especially, um, you know, write about uh, young women um, who are working class, come not from cities but from small villages, obscure villages where, um, you know, um, being uh, you know being in a um, same sex relationship um, has um, you know very big. Rep- repercussions Um, and um, and follow these journeys because um, I I, I did think that there was um, not enough of them in um, the stories that were coming out. I wanted to um, especially, this is essentially a book about young Indian women. Um, This is a book about young Indian women pushing against what we want and what we're expected to want. Um, And and I think that that particular tension, you know, becomes manifold when it comes to women um, as opposed to men.
0: Is there any Autobiography in this, Mansi. Are you? I know you're talking to me from Dubai. Um, Is your you went to Columbia Journalism School? You won. You've won a number of fantastic awards as a young reporter. Um, Did you have to rebel to get where you are?
1: No, no. Sadly, um, my love story is. Really plain. <laughs> I'm married to uh, my high school boyfriend, um, but there is a bit of my mom in this. Um, um, I, I write a lot about my my mom and my dad. Um, um, I actually never met my dad. He passed away before. Um, he passed away before I turned two, so I don't I don't have any memory of him. But um, um, I've, got, I've sort of grown up under the sh- in this in the shadow of knowing that my mom um, eloped um, for love, and you know the life that we lead is a product of that. Um, um it, this has been a looming reality, um, growing up. Um, and, you know, th- there is, I think uh, the reason why I had to write this book, um, is to, is to, is to sort of see, um, like, um, is to see if, um, well, love, um, you know, when it comes at great cost, um, is it worth it? Um, I, and, I, and I see this is a this is a question that my mother struggles with um, every single day, um, and and this and there's the same kind of like um, discomfort um, that I noticed in these six young people. So in that sense, there's some 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 something about um, you know related to me uh, in this subject.
0: Well, in a way, you're living proof of.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm the product the, of um, a forbidden marriage.
0: Of you're the product. So I, I, yeah. I mean, I haven't talked to your mom, but. It's hard to imagine why she would ever question her behavior with a daughter like you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice of you to say. I, I guess Um. Uh, you, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't know what to say that she's I think um, uh, she is uh, I think she I think she questions Um. why, um, you know, w- would it have been easier if she had married someone of her parents liking? Um, and I think when she sees me and my sister, she's she, um, you know, she, got, she knows that she at least one part of her thinks that um, she did the right thing. But I know that there is another part in her that does wonder what would have happened if she had had that, um, you know, normal family life that, um, you know, most of her peers, her cousins, her friends have. Um, And that's, and that's something that we, you know, uh, grew up uh, sort of internalizing.
0: You wrote an interesting piece for Vice uh, back in 2014, headlined uh, Narendra Modi's shame, Muslim survivors of the Gujarat riots are still suffering. Of course, there are many stories about um, intercommunal violence and the Modi government. How, How does Modi come out of your book, or at least Modi's India?
1: I think um, the, in the book, um, so one couple, um, Arif and Monica, who are the Hindu and Muslim couple, um, they're just a couple, an ordinary couple from a, from a tier two city that um, fall in love. Um, they're not even in, you know, the head over heels kind of love that um, uh, we think about. They're, they actually get pregnant and they get stuck with an unwanted pregnancy. Um, and then um, they're unable to get an abortion, even though um, uh, abortion is legal in India, but there's a huge taboo around it. Um, and they and they sort of elope, um, you know, to kind of... Um, um, uh, they elope because they, they're stuck with this pregnancy. And, um, and then they get entangled in um, um, love jihad, which is this narrative that is being pushed by um, right-wing Hindu nationalist supporters um, of Narendra Modi's party um, that basically... Yeah, uh, um, the New
0: Arab. I, I read an interesting piece about Modi's anti-Muslim jihad in the New Arab, um, which also... Right, exactly.
1: Yeah, and th- this is this is something they call love jihad, where um, they're basically floating the, the conspiracy theory that um, young Muslim men are luring Hindu women into marriage and conversion and using their wombs to create more Muslims. Um, and the ultimate aim is to water down the Hindu majority. And even though this sounds absolutely lo- like loony um there are there are millions of people that actually believe this is happening um so arif and monica um get entangled in this because um arif's sister i mean sorry monica's sister who is arif's friend and you know they later find out also had feelings for arif Tips off uh, the the dal which is prime minister modi's um um sort of fringe supporters. Um, And um, they, they, they just, um, uh, they, they ambush uh, his house. um, And they just, um, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, have this massive demonstration, putting uh, pressure on the police to find Monica and Arif and accusing Arif of, um, you know, propagating love jihad. Um, So in that sense, this, I think this, um, their story in particular paints a pretty grim picture of um, what it's like to just be an ordinary Muslim and what it's like to, be an ordinary Muslim and, and, and fall in love um, with uh, a non-Muslim woman.
0: Modi, of course, is included in the hall of shame of authoritarian leaders by many people, with Aram, with, uh, with Putin, of course, with Trump, with Bolsonaro, with Duterte, uh, with Erdogan in, in Turkey. Um, are the kind of particularly Muslim Uh, Hindu tensions that he's stoking, are they similar to the way in which these other nationalist right-wing authoritarians are stoking one kind or another of Ethnic tensions. Trump, for example, in the U.S. between whites and blacks. Is it similar in India?
1: It's it's absolutely similar. So um, it's it's very very similar. It's eerily similar, actually. Um, so um, so the the concept of Hindu nationalism is a is a is a very hyper masculine form of, um, of the Hindutva movement, which is, um, the idea that um Hindus um and you know other other religions that align with Hinduism like, um, like Sikhism, Jainism, um, um they they can Kind of come into the larger fold of the Hindu and the other minorities, and by that they mean two minorities, which are which are Muslims that who they see as um, you know children or um, you know descendants of the Mughal invaders, and Christians who they see as descendants of uh, the British occupation um, are, are 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 anti-India, and if they would like to live in India, they would they should live under um, they should assume a Hindu cultural identity. That is that is the um, you know underlying demand. Um, and, you know, there is a lot of talk about, um, as, as it is in the US, about, you know, um, a sort of like revival of um, ancient glory um, and revival of, uh, you know, the, the, the brightest golden era of, um, you know, India's um, history, which in their mind is of uh, ancient Hindu warrior kings only. Of course, there are other glorious eras of um, Indian history that they would like to ignore.
0: I'm curious, how do the Sikhs fit in? We did a, a show A month or two ago, with a a Sikh writer now based in the US, uh, are the Sikhs somehow outside all this? Outside either the the good of the good and evil of insiders and outsiders?
1: Yeah, I think that in um, I think they're considered part of the Hindu fold. Um, so Sikhs are considered part of, um, so when the partition happened, uh, when when the British um, occupation was dismantled and they left India in 1947, the two states that were um, partitioned into Pakistan were Punjab, where the Sikhs are in majority, and uh, in Bengal, where the Bengalis are. So um, uh, where Pakistan is now was actually the greater Punjab region. Part of it was the greater Punjab region. So it was the Sikhs that were the Hindus, considered the Hindus, and the Muslims that, that had to leave for Pakistan. Um, so I think they're they're understood culturally as hindus
0: how is being a journalist you're as i said a graduate of um columbia journalism school you're one of uh i guess south south asia's most distinguished young journalists there was a piece in the economist um yesterday about media freedom in india is under threat again lots of stories i've read about intimidation of journalists how free Would someone like yourself be to report on these stories? I assume that the newlyweds will be available in India. Are you going to go to India to talk about it?
1: Yeah, actually, the newlyweds um, launches in India at the end of the month. And I have to say that I'm a little nervous this time. Um, And this is um, not like what um, this is not how I felt um, a couple of years ago, even as uh, Prime Minister Modi was rising to power. Uh, but in his second term, I'm definitely feeling nervous, especially as I'm seeing, um, you know, so many mainstream newspapers and so many journalists that are, you know, being um, you know, targeted for um, in various um, sort of um, underhanded ways. Um, you know, there'll be an ED raid or um, just various forms of harassment that I'm definitely I'm, I'm, I'm nervous this time
0: an important message uh and a a chilling message in some ways um you you wrote a nice piece for slate a few years ago about translating trump into bengali um a piece about um uh, an indian-american donald trump rally i'm less interested in trump in india i'm more interested in india in the united states what do you think your book in particular and the themes in the book what should they how, how could they educate Americans, Americans tend, as you know, to be rather insular and self-obsessed, like many large countries. (laughs) But what wisdom do you think or issues does the newlyweds bring to um, an American audience?
1: Yeah, I think that um the, the I, I want people, I want the readers to walk away from the newlyweds with a deeper understanding of the nuances of um the way um you know the, the stakes that marriage have in Indian society and also for the diaspora in America. Um the, the the issues that I talk about in the newlyweds are 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 also realities in um the diasporic community in the US. Um and they're very serious concerns. Um um, and, but, but I also want um, for people to realize that this is not, this is a book about uh, young people that are on the margins of Indian society. They are working class. They're from um, uh, you know the farthest poorest corners of India. Um, and their stories seldom make it um, to American readers. Um, um, so I'm hoping that the American reader sees themselves in their stories uh, mm. A um, and kind of sees that um, you know these themes about you know what is at stake when you um, uh, when you risk so much for love and once you have that um, once you attain that love does that does that space kind of get filled with a, a longing for acceptance um, that is something I think all of us um, in our private lives um, have experienced or you know are bound to experience at some point um, so I want I want readers to see themselves in these young people who. They may not ever meet, whose worlds are completely different from theirs, but um, have a very basic, um, you know, um, theme about the human condition in common with them.
0: Yeah, that's uh, important. Just as Mansi, uh, Mansi Choksi and her newlyweds is turning India upside down, rethinking marriage in modern India and love and uh, erotic relationships and even gender, so it's a book that may bring a new perspective for. American readers, even if they have no association with India. Congratulations,
1: Mansi, on the book.
0: It's just out in the U.S., be out later this month in India. What else uh, are you reading these days? What other books? I know you're in Dubai, so I'm sure you have a very global perspective (laughs) on your library, a very global uh, library.
1: Yeah, I'm actually reading um, The Immortal King Rao that came out a a few weeks back um, by Vohini Vara. Um, I'm in the process of that. And I'm also revisiting, um, you know, some of my favorite books. I love, um, of course, Catherine Boo's Behind a Beautiful Forever. That is uh, mm. something that I find that's myself classic, reading. Yeah, I read it every few months just to refresh, um, to get a, uh, you know, sort of refresh on how good it is. Um, that's that's one. Um, I also love A Life of Adventure and Delight by Akhil Sharma. It's one of my favorite book of short stories. Um, and what am I reading now? Um, I think, um, yeah, these three are what I'm reading parallelly.